Across the Field Podcast is brought to you by Store Shine Detailing, TNT Springer Landscaping, Sin Rock Engraving, Sisters Embroidery and More, Antoine Automotive, Pucker Brush Pizza, and the Vaughn Co. another episode of across the field double b and brady coming at you tonight brady how we doing man how was the weekend uh weekend was good everything's going well just fast and busy time of year with the holidays coming basketball ramping up so kind of getting ready for that and of course the heart of football season is here november so exciting times yep 10 days away from the game yeah <laughs> It'll make me yeah. sick. <laughs> Let's get through this week first. I know. I know. You were down there last Saturday night. You were down in Columbus. So I'm going to ask you about that. What did you think of that atmosphere and what did you think of the game? Uh, atmosphere was fine. Game was good. Uniforms were kind of different than what I anticipated, but probably better than what I anticipated. That was a surprise for me. When they first came out, they were a little darker than what I was expecting. The gray was a little bit darker, but then it was like as the game went on, I started to like them more. Maybe it was just because the Buckeyes were playing well that I started to like them more, but <laughs> they, they grew on me. Okay, I'll say this. When when you sent the text and said uh, that they were a little darker than what you anticipated, then once I saw them on TV, I was like, ooh, I like this. But then when the game started from the TV copy – the only thing I did not like was how they were a little bit darker than the helmets. And so mm -hmm. it just was a little bit of a contrast there. And I, mm -hmm. to me, they could have matched that up a little bit better. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess that's the difference in like gray and silver. I guess I was yeah. expecting the silver that's on the helmets. But I, I did end up liking the grays. It was kind of interesting to think about. You know, I was thinking back to the gray uniforms that were worn against Penn State in that iconic JT Barrett game at home that were gray with the black numbers, but those also had, like, the same colored helmet to kind of match those a little better than what uh, this uniform did. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I was at with that. But, uh, yeah, anyway, solid game for the Buckeyes. I guess the solid half. The second half wasn't real entertaining. But uh, what, what were your thoughts sitting there watching the game in Columbus? I think it was what you wanted to see from Ohio State and in particular from Kyle McCord, which we've talked about so much. Um, Michigan State's not a very good football team. I, I want to leave with that. They're not good. But Kyle McCord was very efficient. I thought he made good, quick decisions, and I thought it was just an overall sound effort. Avoided any major injuries in the game, it appeared. So... Overall, I was pleased with everything. Yeah, I thought he was very efficient. He was, and he made some throws. Like, um, the throw that he made to Cade Stover for the touchdown, I thought that was the best throw maybe that he's made all season, outside of, you know, maybe the one to Ibuka against Notre Dame. But back shoulder, tight window, 
one place you can put it where you guys can come up with it. And I mean, he put it right there. So it's encouraging to see, like I said, Michigan state, not a good football team, not a good defense. I have no idea what has happened there, but the train has come off the tracks. However, Buckeyes looked good. It was a nice, clean game. Exactly what we wanted to see. Yep. Yep. I agree with you there. Um, Buckeye leagues, who you want to go with from Saturday? Ooh, I'm going to go with Malik Hartford. I thought he stepped up and was pretty solid. He missed a tackle early in the game, but stepping into that safety position, you know, true freshman, I thought overall he did a good job. And with what looks like Leighton Ransom's going to be out for the remainder of the season, um, hopefully, hopefully Josh Proctor will be back in two weekends to play, but there's a good chance that Malik Hartford's going to get some reps in that game, and I, I liked what I saw. I thought he was pretty solid, so he'd be mine. Um, for mine, I'm going to go Kate Stover, and it just seems like he was uh, – last few weeks he's just been the guy that's been throwing some blocks and didn't get real involved in the past game, and I felt like he had a pretty solid game blocking and, and catching passes. So I'm going to go Kate Stover. Yeah, he's been so good this year. I, I was really down on him after the way his season ended last year. But, man, he's been so reliable in the passing game. I mean, he looks like a guy that's going to play on Sundays at the tight end position, which I'm yeah. I'm totally shocked by. But he, he's really progressed. Let's get into this Saturday with Minnesota. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on this game coming up? Um. I know they're not very good football team. I know, and it's just one of those situations where you hope that it's a similar deal to this Michigan State game where you're able to get your starters in, make quick work of it, and then get out. I mean, Minnesota just got beat by three scores to Purdue. It was Purdue's third win. I think they were 2-7, and seven, now they're 3-7. and seven. Yeah. Minnesota's not good. Buckeyes are favored by four touchdowns. I, it's hard to say. It could be one of those games where it's sloppy at the start because the Buckeyes are already looking ahead to next week. But once again, it, it's just one of those games you don't want to see any regression from anyone, especially the quarterback, because you got a good thing going, build up his momentum this past week at night, really clean, solid game. You, you hope that he's able to play, you know, just a solid two quarters. Buckeyes will jump out to a three or four score lead and then get out of there, which, by the way, going back to the Michigan State game, Ryan Day played Kyle McCord and the starting offensive line way too long, way longer yeah. than what was necessary. They did not need to play really any snaps in the second half. I thought maybe they'd play a drive in the third quarter and then get out of there, but he let the starters play way too long. And on top of that, this is a very minor detail of that game that most probably don't even realize, but Ohio State was running offense up until the last play of that game, and they had a chance – to not snap the ball late in the game and let the clock run out or just take knees. And they were still running the ball. They were still running Evan Pryor. And I, I, I just didn't like it. And I know that it doesn't really matter. It's college athletics and you're playing to win. You know, it's not like there's any feelings you have to take into consideration or, you know, kids like it's a high school game or junior high game or anything. But it's just frustrating to me because there's a way to win and that's not it. And like, if Kyle McCord or one of those starting offensive linemen would have gone down in the fourth quarter when they were still in there for absolutely no reason, I mean, that would have been terrible, and that would have looked awful for Ryan Day. So he's very lucky that didn't happen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 
I was expecting a drive or two out of half, um, but not not as far as they went. And I was really shocked. I was sitting out here in the garage and kind of watching the game, and you know, I thought I thought to myself, like, what are we doing? And I'm really glad that that nothing happened, obviously. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you there. And I mean, it was just a formality for the most part. Like Ohio State, they weren't really throwing; they were just trying to get to the finish line. But still, I mean, up until the last two drives of the game, I think, Kyle McCord was in there. So that would take you to, you know, I, I think that took us into the fourth quarter. He, he was still in there early to mid-fourth quarter. It's just like absolutely no reason for it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's Let's take a look at some other games over the weekend, and I guess we'll start with the whole – Michigan debacle and everything that kind of unfolded, you know, Thursday, Friday, and into the weekend. So before we even get into the game, you know, Michigan wins the game on the road without Jim Harbaugh, but everything that came out Friday with, with him not being able to coach the last three games or be on the sideline the last three games, um, what were your thoughts about that whole situation? My initial thought is, <laughs> well, I guess I had – a lot of initial thoughts because as m many of us do sports information comes out. I always go to social media and the message boards to see the reactions from the fans. Um, kind of just a habit of mine, probably not a good habit, but it's what I do. And I was stunned to see the reaction from Michigan fans. I, I guess I wasn't stunned. Nothing really stuns me from them anymore, but the reaction to this suspension, this punishment is so minor and initially, when I first read it, I thought that he wasn't going to be able to coach during the week for the next few weeks. Like, I thought he was done for the remainder of the Big Ten regular season. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a big deal. But then I, you know, quickly saw that it's just for Saturdays. And I'm like, oh, that's nothing. He doesn't call offense. He doesn't call defense. Like, that is not a big deal. And with the way that um, the Big Ten commissioner, you know, the way that he put some of his wording – um with things he said and written, it seems like they have more information than in the NCAA as well. And it just their tone and all of that has been like, we have more and you're going to get yours. We're coming. We just have to take our time with this. So there's a lot of Michigan fans complaining about jumping to conclusions, but I think it's to the point already where they have enough hard evidence to make a decision like this. And I think this punishment is very, very, very light if they do have any hard evidence. And I think Michigan fans should be ecstatic that there's not more of a penalty because the NCAA is not going to do anything. Um, th this is going to be the extent of it for this season. So if Michigan wins out, I mean, Harbaugh will be there every step of the way in, in the postseason, you know, for the, for the playoff potentially. So I thought it was really light. I think Michigan fans should be really excited about it. They feel differently, I guess. Yeah, so I guess my initial reaction was uh, I didn't love how uh, the Big Ten handled it. I, did, I didn't love how – I mean, to me, that was all calculated, that they were going to wait until Friday and they were going to wait until, you know, Michigan already left for Happy Valley. 
to give out the punishment. To me, that felt kind of cowardly. And I know I expressed that to you guys in a group text, um, you and Peyton earlier over the weekend, like on Sunday. But to me, that, that just felt like it was, like I said, a little cowardly. And I, and I thought, you know, if they were going to hand something out, you could at least call the guy up and be like, hey, here's what's going on. Uh, sorry about your luck. You know what I mean? But yeah, the way the way it kind of all unfolded, I was just like, man, that's kind of you know, if shoe if the shoe was on the other foot and this is going on to the Buckeyes, I'm not sure I would love that either. Yeah, and that part of it, the timing to me was odd. So I, yeah, I I totally get what you're saying there with the timing and all that. However, as a Buckeye fan. I kind of hate this whole thing, and I was kind of hoping they'd just leave it alone for the rest of the year because you can see, and, you know, I think you saw it during the Penn State game with their performance and after, like, this is just bringing their team closer and closer together and giving them more fuel, and I hate to see that. I, I really do. I was really hoping it would just be left alone. And plus, I'm hoping, and I, I think he will this week, I'm really hoping that Harbaugh gets reinstated and is able to coach, um, you know, full go and be on the sidelines the next two Saturdays. Because if Ohio State does go up there and somehow pull one out, I don't want any excuses. I, I want Michigan at full strength. And so I'm hoping that their appeal process, whatever the heck is going on with that on Friday, seems like we're going to find out on Friday about that. I'm hoping he's able to come back because – I don't want any excuses. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, that that was one thing I thought about as well. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 percent with you there because I don't want again. I I don't want any excuses. I want everybody to be at full strength, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. So, any any closing thoughts on the whole matter? It's just kind of mind-boggling to me that people think that the Big Ten has done this without any um, evidence or proof or anything like you think they're just doing this just based off of rumors strictly like that's silly and there's you know it was the point a couple weeks ago where there was new stories coming out every day i'm sure they've reviewed evidence i'm sure they have evidence now what that is i I don't know i'm sure they have some hard facts that they're basing this off of they're not just pulling the suspension out of the air but Michigan fans are they just love hardball man they just love him He was able to beat Ohio State, you know, one time and two years ago. He's done it twice now. But just that one win over Ohio State, and they completely changed their whole tune on him, and it's completely resurrected their football program to where they think that they are all the way back in a national power again. They will do anything for that guy. That fan base will do anything for him. And I think the fan base, I don't know if the university feels the same, but that fan base would be willing to go down with the ship. Like if, if Michigan this offseason is going to be found guilty and Harbaugh is found guilty of involvement, I think 90% of that fan base is going to say, well, we'll write out whatever suspension, but don't fire him. Don't fire Jimmy. Like I think they love him that much. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I guess another point I'd like to make before we kind of close things up here Um it's as a Buckeye fan, I hate to say this, but it makes me a little bit jealous of like how much the administration, it sounds like, has his back thus far. Some, because yeah. 
anything that's ever happened in Columbus, it seems like, yeah, we'll see what we could do, but you know, we haven't totally backed all our coaches in every situation. Somewhat. Yeah. I, I think it's more the fan base at Michigan, the administration. Yeah. I, I I don't know. There's some weird stuff going on up top there where there's certain people that back him that there's other people that don't. It's, it's kind of hard for me to figure the whole thing out, to be honest. But I mean, think about this from Michigan's perspective. Another reason that I think they should be happy. Have you ever heard of a time in your life where a, a coach has been suspended on two different occasions in the same season and kept his job? No, I haven't. About that. I know I haven't. So that's a really good point. So it, it, it's just the whole thing's a little bit bizarre to me. Like I said, I hope it all gets ironed out for them. I, I hope that Harbaugh gets reinstated. They can have their little, little rah-rah rally, whatever they need to do this Saturday win. I want both teams 11-0 going up there to Ann Arbor. Um, I don't know what your feelings are on this game, and I know we're going to talk about it so much over the next 10 days, but this is the first time in my life. I started following Ohio State football closely when I was five in 2004. So almost 20 years sample size here. This is the first time in my life I've ever felt like Michigan is the favorite going into this game. So Ooh. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's I got to think about that one. Yeah. yeah, that's up there for sure. I think, and, the, and other, and, I think the other time might be that 2004 game, and I was too young to realize it, you know? Yeah. 2004, maybe, maybe 2011. The way the season was yeah. kind of shaken out. I mean, they weren't. Michigan wasn't great either by by any stretch of the imagination. But it just kind of felt like that maybe they had the edge in that game. And I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'd have to go back and kind of research that a little bit more. But I wasn't shocked. Or I mean, I was obviously upset, but I wasn't real shocked when they lost that game. But. Um, One interesting thing I did hear on radio down in Columbus this weekend while we were driving down there, I can't remember who it was, but one of the guys talking said that this year's potential matchup, you know, if both teams win this week and it's 11-0 against 11-0, has more hype around it than the one versus two game in, uh, what was that, 2006? Mm -hmm. Um. And I don't know about that. I, I, I guess maybe with the controversy, it, it's just a completely different feel, I guess. Yeah. Uh, whew. Boy, we might have to dive into that a little bit I know, more. Actually, I know. But yeah, just, yeah, just a little yeah. teaser there. Yeah, that's interesting. So, but let's go back to their game Saturday. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. They, they want to call it a, a dominant performance, and the run game certainly was. But to me – it wasn't like they came out and just ran away with the thing from Penn State. So I want I want to get your thoughts on, on what you thought about the game. So I watched the first half, most of the first half. Then we drove, started driving down, and I was watching a little bit on my phone, listening to some on the radio. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was not surprised by the outcome at all. I, I, I thought Michigan would win by more than nine, to be honest. And I know there was a late touchdown there. Um Penn State, man, Drew Aller, like, he is just not it. And it's to the point where I'm starting to feel bad for the guy because I think he's taking a lot of the blame. Um, but, man, Penn State has to be searching for some answers there. I don't know what they're going to do 
with Franklin, and that's kind of a whole other story. But the fact that Michigan was able to not throw a pass in the second half, only had to throw eight times for the game, I do think that's impressive. But like you said, it wasn't a completely like over-the-top dominant performance either. It wasn't a it wasn't a Georgia statement. I'll just say that, like what Georgia did on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, yeah, I kind of expected that, but at the same time, it was just like, I don't know how dominant it was. And you know, comparing the games, um, Ohio State against Penn State, Michigan against Penn State, um, you know, Ohio State wins twenty to twelve with a late score. Michigan wins twenty four fifteen with a late score. So eight nine points respectively. Um, now Michigan did do that on the road. So I'd say that was probably a little bit more impressive, but I also think the Buckeyes offense, even though that was just three weeks ago, has gotten better since Mm -hmm. that game. For sure. Um, yeah. Did you see the thing on the broadcast on the TV broadcast where the first time it might've been the first quarter, early second quarter, Penn state got down in the red zone it was the first time a team had had the ball inside the 10 against Michigan all season. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't I really tell that. if that was, I couldn't really tell if that was impressive or pathetic. I, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm a lean, I'm a lean impressive, honestly, because I don't care who you play. If, if it 10 games into the season and that's the first time you let a team inside the 10, kudos to you. Yeah, I mean that that's that's pretty impressive. I think I don't care who you play. Yeah, so this is a little bit off topic, but just a side note: there's a lot of Ohio State fans out there still talking about Michigan not playing anybody this year, mm-hmm. and I I think that talk needs to slow a little bit just because they were able to beat Penn State on the road this past week. Yeah, and um, next year Michigan fans are going to be able to throw that right back in Ohio State's faces because. This My is looking way ahead, but 2024 schedule, Ohio State non-conference, Southern Miss, Western Michigan, and Marshall. And then in the conference, Ohio State has at Oregon and at Penn State. You look at Michigan's schedule, they're playing oh Fresno State. They open with Fresno State, which I know it's Fresno State, but they've won eight games this year, I believe. Then they have Texas. And then in conference, they have USC at Washington and Oregon. They play all three of those teams next year, and they're at Ohio State. So for Michigan next year, they're going to have one of the toughest schedules in college football. Just kind of a side note there. Not only that, and they're probably replacing more than what Ohio State will be, I would imagine. Probably. So, uh, yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the Big Ten Conference didn't do a very good job of uh, – setting that one up because I think they, I feel like they dropped the ball on that um, with Ohio state. I mean, you got USC and UCLA and Oregon coming into the conference and all you, all you get is, is Oregon basically Yeah, out of all those on the road. So, and yeah, it, it, it'll happen eventually, you know, it'll come around for all of them. Sure. But, um, I guess, you know, with the point you mentioned there about Michigan having to replace more next year and thinking about their team last year and their team this year, they brought so much back from last year's team that just beat Ohio State with C.J. Stroud by two touchdowns in Columbus. And you look at what C.J. Stroud's doing now in the NFL. Like, I think Buckeye fans, obviously, I think there's some reason to be excited. And this is probably just me being negative. But I think tempering expectations for, you know, the next couple weeks and and in particular the game. Obviously, we're all going to be juiced for it. 
we're all going to want Ohio State to win. And there's going to be, you know, times over the next 10 days where we're feeling really good about the game and feeling really bad about the game. But, man, I, I just don't know. At the end of the day, when it comes down to it, I just I just don't have a great feeling about it still. I, I don't know how you feel, Brett, 10 days away. No. I'm with you. I'm back and forth. Like, after watching Saturday, um, you know, watching Michigan play and then watching Ohio State play the nightcap, it's easy to be like, okay, we can hang with these guys mm-hmm. and we can come out with a win. But then, like, I, I just keep going back to, yes, our defense has improved, but it's just – I don't know if it's like a nightmare I'm reliving, but the last couple of years not being able to stop the run and – you watch what Michigan did to Penn State and just ran the ball the entire second half. That's just cause a cause for concern for me. This might be really ignorant of me. Um, and I know that Michigan is the way they're winning is impressive because they're not having to throw the ball. I still just don't have a ton of confidence in JJ McCarthy's ability to go out there and make throws and win a game. And I understand that he made some throws last year in Columbus, but I felt like a lot of those throws were made because of kind of some foolish play calling on the defensive end with some risky blitzes and just things that didn't need to happen. I mean, through the first quarter and a half of that game, McCarthy was not good. And then he was okay in the college football playoff, but but they still lost. And yeah. you know, he threw a couple of huge picks in that game. And now this year, you know, we saw – we saw him look really good at times, like against Michigan State. We saw him struggle earlier this year against Bowling Green. Like, I'm still not fully sold on J.J. McCarthy, and I really hope I don't have to eat my words here in, in, a, in a couple weeks. But I I don't know. I, I'm, I think if Michigan ever has to come from behind or with a little pressure, I'm still not sold that he's able to do that. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the key to the game looking forward. I think – if Ohio State's going to win, they have to make Michigan play from behind. Mm-hmm. And and so, but to to piggyback off that a little bit, you know, I, I'm with you on on the JJ thing. I, you know, I'm not I'm not sure about him completely. But in the same token, I'm not real sure about Kyle McCord either. Correct. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, for Ohio State to win, Kyle McCord's got to play the best game of his life. His best game, right? His best game. Yep. So. I don't know. That's where I'm at with that. So, I mean, we could dive in to more of that later. But uh, anything else over the weekend college football-wise, Georgia was really dominant, I thought. Um, and I do want to talk to you about that. Deserved to jump to the number one spot, right? I mean, oh, can yeah. we agree on that? Yeah, I think we were both kind of on that last week, too, and not surprised at all, really, to see it. And, and like we've talked about, I think, you know, if Michigan – would beat up on Ohio State or vice versa. There's potential for that to flip once again, maybe before the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. But I, I think for now, yeah, Georgia went the way they were able to win that game. No doubt in my mind, they're number one. Yeah, I think if, uh, I think if Missouri would have lost to Tennessee, and I think if Georgia would have only won by one or two scores against Ole Miss. I think Ohio State would have been would have stayed at one. That being said, they would have had a bigger matchup with Tennessee this week, and after this week, I think they'd have made the jump anyway. So I think it was just a matter of time, and I think they deserve it. I wasn't wasn't shocked, and and you know I think they should be there. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, did you get to watch any, like, Pac-12 games this week? Did you get to watch Washington-Utah or Oregon-USC at all? I did. Yeah, I watched it, um, but I didn't have the volume on. I had two TVs going. I can't remember who I had on the other TV. Um, had that volume turned up, so. Um, but, yeah, Washington's defense, you know, obviously isn't great. Made enough plays late. And, yeah. But, but yeah, I did, I did get to watch that game. Yeah, and Washington's defense buckled down in the second mm-hmm. half. And they, they deserve some props for that. Still don't know how good Utah's offense is. Um, and we're going to get into it, you know, a little later on in the picks. I'm still just not sold on Washington as a true national title contender. Um, I think Penix is the real deal. I think he potentially deserves the Heisman, um, especially if they win out. But I just – they keep squeaking by, and I'm just not sold all the way. I don't know how you feel about the Huskies. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, I think – yeah, again, they give me – I hate to draw this comparison, but they they give me vibes of, like, 2014 Florida State. Yeah. Just kind of do enough to skate by, stay undefeated. Nothing really impressive, though, to me. I mean – they're not blowing teams out. Even UFC, they only beat by 10 points. And, you know, now you look at UFC and they got four losses. So, um, yeah, that to me, I just, I don't know. I don't know about them. I'm not sold on them 100%. Crazy. Who would have ever thought USC would have four losses 11 games in? I mean, I, <laughs> I, it'd be embarrassing. I think when we did a preseason show, I think I had USC in my final four prediction. Well, I'm right there with you because I think, I think I did too. So, um, did not expect that for sure. But uh, yeah, crazy. I, 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 and not to give away your picks, but this Pac-12 is going to get interesting. I think, and you mentioned this probably about a month ago. I think they're all going to beat up on each other. So, it hasn't and, happened fully yet, but maybe no boat, but it could be in the making here in the last couple weeks. So, we'll see. One other game we should probably talk about, um, Alabama really hitting their stride. Bama, Bama's the real thing, and they're coming, and they're still just ranked number eight. And, man, like, I feel like that's right where Saban wants to be. Like, they're not getting a lot of headlines. Like, they're just kind of laying low. They're going to go, you know, they're going to win their next couple games. They, I think they play Chattanooga this week, and then, yeah. then they all burn, and then they're going to, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be until the week of that SEC championship game that they start getting any sort of attention in the media, and that is just scary for a Nick Saban coach team. Yeah, and I want to ask your opinion on this because they just kind of keep sitting there at number eight, and you know, I think I think that has something to say with the committee this year that they value the teams you beat and the teams you lose to. So I have no problem with Texas being ahead of them, but now that you kind of look at Texas's one loss to Oklahoma. It's kind of like, man, you know, I test for me. Alabama's a better team, aren't they? 100%. And I think I said this last week, but if I was the committee, I would have just done damage control and I would have them above Texas now just to save questions later. I guess, I guess maybe it would cause more questions now. But I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that if Alabama does go and beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, even if Texas wins out, I think Alabama's going to jump them. I, I don't think anyone would dispute that. No, 
but here's my thing. So before the conference championship weekend, um, I think all those teams in the top eight are probably going to stay right there. Mm-hmm. So then you weigh in the conference championships and I know like something's got to give with Ohio state, Michigan, something's got to give with um, Oregon and Washington and whatever, but looking at, looking at it right now, how in the world do they jump from eight to the top four? <laughs> Beating Georgia. Beating Georgia. I mean, yeah. that's how they do it, but that's going to be a heck that's of a jump, isn't it? Yeah, it's a crazy jump to think about it now, but that's all it will take. And if they lose to Georgia, then, I mean, they're they're going to fall way down. But it's it's just kind of crazy to me. It's just a really weird year. You know the team that's really messing all this up is Florida State because I'm not real sure how good Florida State is. And if they win out, you can't keep them out. But, like, if Alabama and Florida State were playing each other tomorrow, I'd have a lot of confidence (laughs) in Alabama. I would, too. I would, too. And I guess I drew the Florida State comparison from 2014. I guess you could use it with them this year as well. Just kind of skating by. Oh, yeah. That – I guess as just like college football fans, I think collectively we should all be rooting for Florida State to lose. And we almost got it last week. And, I mean, they're not going to lose. I think they play in FCS this week, and then they play at Florida. Florida or the ACC championship, those are the two chances. So America needs to be rooting for Florida State to lose because they're not a top-four team. No, and they're just – I don't care who they play. They're probably getting boat race, aren't they? I, I mean, their, so. their, offense is, their offense is good and defense is okay, but my goodness, I don't, I don't know if they're that good. I'm just – I'm trying to think. Let me look at the rankings here. So, I'm trying to think in a head-to-head who they'd be favored against. Wouldn't be against Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, Alabama, probably not against Texas – um, like I think it would take someone in this tier of like Louisville, Ole Miss, Penn State before Florida State would even be, you know, favored or even close in one of those games. So I, yeah, they're kind of the outlier for me that could really keep a good team out. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Any other college games you want to talk about? I don't think so. All right. So the rankings you're good with, we kind of talked about that. I'm good with them too. So I don't know. I think I might slide for now, Washington ahead of Florida state, but again, it'll all work itself out. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk some NFL. Does your landscaping need an upgrade this year? Look no further than TNT Springer landscaping. They specialize in mulch, rock, trim redesign, and much more. For your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. Are you wanting to put that finishing touch on your landscaping to set it apart from the rest? Or maybe you just need a gift idea for that hard-to-buy four person in your life? Give Blake and Tiffany a call with Sin Rock Engraving. They offer custom engraved rocks that will be one of a kind. They will walk you through the process of picking out your rock and customizing it with anything from names, addresses, businesses, or images of your choice. 
give them a call at 419-796-9897 or check them out on Facebook, Sin Rock Engraving, 419-796-9897. Looking for the perfect fall outfits? Look no further. The Vaughn & Co. offers a stunning collection for women, men, and kids. Stay ahead of the fashion game by subscribing to our mailing list and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vaughn & Co. to get all of the exclusive news, deals, and discounts, and product launches. Shop now on our website, www.thevaughnandco.com, before your favorite pieces sell out. Back here across the field. And Brady, I want to get into the NFL slate from last week a little bit. So, And let's talk about your Patriots. Um you know, fall into the Colts in that nine thirty game, but uh, Bill makes the trip back with the team. So, <laughs> what do you think about that whole situation? Yeah, I think they got to let him ride the season out. But man, what a game! You know, you go to Columbus on Saturday, and then Dad and I stayed the night down there, <laughs> hit the early church service so, so we could come back and kind of catch some of that Patriot game. And man, they are bad like they are worse than advertised they are terrible and just the way that whole game ended with mac jones getting benched and bailey zappy coming in like oh my goodness and then throwing a pick on a fake spike like everything in that game with mac jones was just like the opposite of what i've lived my entire life with tom brady like it was the polar opposite end of the spectrum and i was like wow this is reality like this is what it's like Yep. Yep. It was, uh, I'll be honest. I, I did not watch any of it. I did not oh. watch a snap, um, caught the highlights, <laughs> what little there were. And, uh, yeah, I definitely saw the ending and you said, that this is a bad football team. They are <laughs> right. not good. Uh, it, it's almost comical. Like Zappy faked the spike and then made just an absolutely terrible read and threw it right to safety for the Colts. Yeah. It's, just, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, the the Colts weren't really good either. Like, they were subpar. Um, so, I don't know, but the Colts are 500. Patriots now. Um, huh, you want to talk about a good NFL game, Patriots are off this week, and then coming out of the bye, they play at the Giants. Boy, that'll be a great game. Heck, yeah. And, and I, I think the Patriots are worse than the Giants. I really do. Is that a Thursday night game? No, <laughs> it should be. No, it's, a, <laughs> it's a Sunday at 1 o'clock. But, so I, I'm just looking at the Patriots' schedule after that. They play the Chargers. That's a loss. At Pittsburgh, that's a loss. Kansas City, that's a loss. At Denver, probably a loss. At Buffalo, likely a loss. And then they wrap up with the Jets. That Week 18, you know, their 17th game of the year against the Jets, that could be really big. Well, we don't need the Patriots picking up any other wins, you know, than hurting <laughs> themselves in draft positioning. I I honestly think – I don't think the Patriots will get the one pick, but I think they could be top three, and I feel like Drake May is a real possibility, which I am excited about. I know there's a lot of Drake May critics out there also, but I I like the potential. Is that, I mean, that is so hard for a franchise to do, though. Go draft a guy, and three years later, you dump him. Four years later. Oh, he's done. I don't think he'll start coming out of the bye. I mean, there's talk. I've read stuff today about, you know, Zappy, and they're going to pull Will Greer, potentially. 
Uh, oh my! Uh, yeah, they're gonna pull him up and let him take some snaps too. Like, I think Mac Jones is so done, and maybe he'll go somewhere else next year and get a chance. I I think it's over for him. Wow! And and honestly, I think this is it for Belichick too. Yeah, I think he's done regardless. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is it. So. But yeah, that that'll be interesting with the Patriots, man. Wow. Um, another game I want to talk about. You gotta you gotta help out all our Bengals fans here because uh, uh, they were right they were riding high again. And CJ struck. Uh, yeah, that I was really surprised by that. I thought the Texans were being kind of overrated. Stroud is the real deal, man. And like I'm looking around the NFL. And there's only a handful of quarterbacks. I feel like if you're starting a franchise, you know, or having, you know, throw all the players into a mix and you're having a draft, I mean, Stroud is like, there's only a handful of quarterbacks in the league. You're taking over him. Uh, he's the real deal. And I know he had a couple mistakes in that game and a couple turnovers. And the Bengals obviously missed an opportunity with Tyler Boyd dropping, you know, a wide open touchdown. But the fact that, Stroud in a tie game on the road was able to still go down there and get him in field goal position. Um, he made it look really easy, and he looked really comfortable. He's, I thought he would be good. I always thought when he was at Ohio State that I, I thought he had all the tools to be an NFL quarterback. He is way better than what I anticipated, and I was really scared with him going to the Texans organization just because you and I have both seen <laughs> kind of the dumpster fire that they've been here recently. Yeah. Um, to even cause some of their fans to go and switch and find different teams. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, like, he is almost single-handedly turning them around. Yeah. And here's what I'll say, man. I, I was so critical of him at Ohio State because I just wanted him to extend plays. Mm -hmm. I just wanted him to use his – and he was such a statue back there. Mm -hmm. And then – you watch him against Georgia in the playoff game, and it's like, yes, that's what we want. That's what you have to do to be good. And guess what? He took that to the NFL, and he's moving around, extending plays, making good throws down the field. And it's just, it's, it's, it's great to see him succeed. But at the same time, it's like, man, if you did that, even if you would, if that would have clicked for him, even last year, in the middle of the season, yeah, what what could have been? I know, and and I feel like it, for him, it was just always the thing at Ohio State where he just had so much confidence in his arm, yeah, that it was just like he was trying to make every tough throw, and man, he made a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, but now, yeah, he's really you know moving around, having to rely on his athleticism and mobility a little bit more. And it's not like he's, you know, Kyler or Lamar running for 40, 50 yards a game, but just like little scrambles and stuff and rolling outside the pocket and keeping plays alive. We That's didn't it. see that as much at Ohio State. And, I mean, man, he, he looks like the total package now. Yeah. And I'm not going to say, you know, Ohio State wins the national championship because we saw him play the best he could have played and Ohio State still lost the game to Georgia. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, man, what – like what could have been with the Michigan game or, mm -hmm. you know, them potentially getting in a big 10 championship, like, 
It's yeah. just it would have been nice to see. I'm glad it clicked for him finally, and he finally started doing it. And you know, he's having a great year. Not only is he probably going to be the rookie of the year, I mean, now he's in the MVP conversation. No, he really is, and I know that sounds foolish, but with the schedule they have coming up, I mean, they could definitely be a playoff team. And if he's going to do this, I mean, you look at his last few weeks. I mean, 470 yards the week before, you know, the week before they lost to the Panthers, he wasn't great, but he's putting some games together. And if you can continue to string these great games together and they are able to make the playoffs, win nine games or so and sneak in, yeah, he'll be right there in the talk. Well, I mean, let's just look at it real quick. So you look at the AFC South, Jacksonville in first, six and three, Houston five and four, Indianapolis five and five, Tennessee three and six. Let's look at Houston's remaining schedule. They got the Cardinals at home this week, favored by five. Home with Jacksonville the week after. Um, home with the Broncos the week after that. On the road against the Jets. On the road to the Titans. Home with the Browns. Home with the Titans. And then at the Colts. I mean, let's say they win half of those. Mm-hmm. Win four games, that puts them at nine, like you said, nine, ten wins. Yeah. That could possibly win them the division, depending on what Jacksonville does. Their, yeah, their whole season is going to come down to those two games in December against the Titans because those are divisional games. The Titans aren't great, but things are looking up for them now with Will Levis, a quarterback. He's another mm-hmm. rookie that looks pretty good. Um, if they can win both those games against the Titans, if they could sweep them, they're going to get in the playoffs. If they split with those, you know, they go one and one or, or would even lose. If they lose both, they're out one and one. They're going to be right there. So it'll be fun to watch. And if nothing else, at least hopefully Stroud's changed this narrative about Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. For sure. For sure. All right. Let's talk about some other NFL games real quick. And, and speaking of Jacksonville, I want to talk about them. Jeez, um, um, just – Laying a complete egg last week. I've been so high on Jacksonville too, and I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think they're a pretty good football team. I still do. I think their defense is solid, but man, Trevor Lawrence in a couple big spots has just not been it. And we saw it earlier this year. I think it was like week two or three against the Chiefs, and he just kind of laid a dud in that game. They scored nine points. And then this week, 49 is another huge opportunity for him to showcase his stuff. And he throws for 185, two picks. They score three points. He's got to get better against the really good NFL defenses, you know, if he wants to really put himself into into that tier as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. They, I was riding high with Jacksonville, and she's a piece. They, they, they do not look very great right now. Thing. No, but then you look at their schedule, you know, Titans, Texans, uh, then the Bengals, but then Browns, Ravens. So, I mean, there's some difficult games there, but then they end with Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Tennessee. They're probably winning 10 games at least. I mean, yep. they're probably splitting their games the rest of the way. So they're probably getting the 10, you know, if not 11 wins. So they're going to be a playoff team, but it's one of those things where I, I've even predicted them to go to the Super Bowl uh, with some of my buddies. And just not feeling great about that after this last game against the 49ers. And 
obviously the quarterback always gets blamed and normally I think that's a lazy take, but like Trevor Lawrence has to take some of the blame here. Like he's gotta he's gotta be a little better. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <clears throat> excuse me. Uh Browns come from behind against the Ravens as a whale of a game. Uh but found out today Deshaun Watson season ending surgery, so that obviously hurts the Browns a little bit. What do you think about that going forward? Yeah, what a bummer, you know, because the Browns were able to win last week. What a great come-from-behind win. And Deshaun Watson was fantastic in the second half of that game. Finally started to look like himself again. Yeah. But come to find out he was injured, and now they shut him down for the season with surgery. He had a fracture on his shoulder. So um, that really hurts the Browns. And – for all of the Bengals fans out there, you just caught a huge break, like a huge break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that, for Deshaun, I mean, that's frustrating and, and it's, it's a shame because yeah, watching that game Sunday, it was like, here we go. The Browns are legit. Um, Deshaun's playing really well. And now it's like, okay, now we're back to PJ Walker. Yeah, yeah, and, and, or and it, or DTR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it it's gross, and I don't think they make the playoffs. If you'd asked me two days ago if they were going to make the playoffs, I would have said they're a lock. Now I, I I don't think there's really any way they make it. Now I don't think the quarterback play is going to be consistent enough to allow them to make a run at it. Their defense is legit to where they could still steal a couple games here or there. But the AFC is just too good and too deep. I, I don't see them making the playoffs now. Yeah. Two more games I want to talk about, though. Sunday night football, um, Raiders and the Jets. Boy, that was not uh, no, no. <laughs> really good offense. But congratulations to the Raiders getting a win and uh, their new head coach after letting Josh McDaniels go, old Antonio Pierce. So congratulations to them. I mean, that that's big for them to get that win. Yes, that that game was pretty much what we expected, I think. Just kind of ugly, low scoring. But in the end, yeah, at home in Vegas, the Raiders able to do just enough. Scored the first touchdown in that game with like 10 minutes left in the game. Michael Mayer (laughs) caught that touchdown. I mean, ugh. Yeah. Yep, and then Monday night I want to talk about Broncos-Bills. Did you get to catch that full game? I did, yeah. Saw most of it. I was pretty tired Monday, a long day of work, so I was kind of dozing in and out. But, uh, man, the Bills right now are receiving a lot of criticism, and I think a lot of it's deserved. And you start to look, you know, with what they have and what they haven't been able to do the last couple of years. I don't think they need to panic yet because I still think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're close. And they're close to needing to smash the panic button because – They've had a lot of injuries on this defense, and the offense is not looking very good. Yeah, and then they fire Ken Dorsey, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's calling the offense now, but this will get interesting. And I don't know that that was the, the problem. entire issue. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like we got to do something. We keep losing. Uh, offensive coordinator, gone. Yep, see ya. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where they go from here. But, uh, hey, one thing I did want to mention, going back to coaching vacancies, we doubled down on Alex Grinch last week, and I didn't really pay attention, but he he was showing the door last week. And so 
when we were talking about how does he still have a job, sources tell me he doesn't have a job anymore. He didn't have a job. Yeah, we were talking about that shows you how highly thought of he is around college football now. We we didn't even know about it. He's just, yep. just an afterthought. So Yeah. <laughs> so all right, you got anything else before we get into the picks? I don't think so. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get Donnie on who Donnie Egner on who won the picks last week and Let's, let's make some picks and predictions. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior-exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest-quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419 419- Seven seven zero one zero four two. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. Everyone knows about Pucker Brush Pizza. If not, get on board for fantastic fresh cuisine. You know, pizza, calzones, quesadillas with handcrafted queso, soups and salads too. Like them on Facebook and check their website for hours and online menu. PuckerBrushPizza.com. Pucker Brush Pizza in Payne at 117 East Marin and 114 South Main in Antwerp. Put these numbers in your phone. 263-2626 in Payne and 506-2002 in Antwerp. Big city taste at a small town price. It's Pucker Brush Pizza. Joining us now, last week's winner of the picks, Donnie Egner. Donnie, how's it going? Hey, not too bad. What's going on, guys? Oh, not a lot. Not uh-huh. a lot. So Donnie won last week with a record of 17-3. and three. So he's with us this evening to join the picks, join us with making the picks this, this week. And uh, Donnie's a big Michigan fan, so Brady and I, you know, we were going to we're going to talk about this, or we talked about this a little bit earlier, but, Donnie, I want to get your perspective on it. Uh, what do you think about the whole Michigan situation? Um, well, I think, you know, due process is not being addressed at all by the Big Ten. I mean, you know, you're just kind of – when you suspend a guy mid-flight on his way to a game – it's just, um, I don't know, kind of malice. I don't know. I, I mean, this directly, like, I mean, if you want to talk about sportsmanship and the integrity of the game, um, of, you know, that there's no valid investigation, no, no formal anything, how can you suspend a guy on his way for a top 10 matchup um, on the road in the Big Ten and, and you suspend the guy right before the game. I mean, in air, and he finds out when he lands. Yeah. Um, you know, now, yeah, you know, the whole Stallions, I mean, the guy, I, I don't know what, what his thought process was with everything because um, he was very, I mean, sloppy for one. I mean, if you're a Marine, you, know, you, you left way too much trail. Um, you think he would know better, but um, in the same aspect, um, maybe he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. I don't know. I mean, you know, now there's comes out where there's other teams that have, you know, got together and done it. And it sounds like it's a common thing where you share information, you know, whatever, which, you know, I think that happens on all levels at some point. Um, yeah. But, uh, in the same aspect, you know, if he's not 
if he's arrogant and not wanting to get involved in that, you know, like I'm better than that, you know, kind of thing. And I can do this and, and do this and thinking he's within the limits, you know, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Um, but um, I'm sure we'll find out because they're digging. Yeah. But um, Brady, and, until it's all said and done, they shouldn't really be doing anything. Yeah. Brady, what do you think? Donnie, if you, so let's say just in theory here that they do have some sort of proof, hard evidence that they've reviewed over the past couple of weeks or months or however long this has been going on. And let's say they, they do have some hard proof that he was involved. Do you feel like this punishment is enough? Are you satisfied with it? Or do you think he deserves more? If, deserves if, kind of, what are your thoughts? If Harbaugh's involved directly, which I, I highly doubt, I mean, but if, if so, I mean, you would think that that's going to be a steep penalty and rightfully so. Um, but just being on the Michigan side of it and seeing like what's going on at the University of Michigan with the backing of Santa Ono, like we've got, you know, the president, um, the regents, the alumni, the the faculty, and just everybody. Like that's something, you know, Michigan's always been, you know, from this from from a fan aspect, from you know, you know, watching, you know, this just reading John Bacon's books, things like that that I've done. Um it's always been a turmoil. There's always been somebody that's not, you know, Rich Rod. Rich Rod never got a shot, the poor guy. You know, like if, if he would have been given the proper channels to, to do what he wanted to do, he could have excelled at Michigan, I think. Mm-hmm. Brady Hope takes over, wins with Rich Rod, falls down on his face, but Brady Hope's the guy they wanted because he was – the Michigan man. Well, you know, now they've got their Michigan man and, you know, um, you know, either we're standing behind him because of that, but I, I just don't know. There's just so much that could go, you know, I'm not an investigator. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one other question I would like to ask you, you know, as a Michigan fan, let's say that, it comes out this off season because I, I really don't think much more is going to happen with this the rest of this year. Um, let's say it comes out, you know, after the season in February or March that Harbaugh knew about it, was involved, and they come down with a steep penalty. Would you be willing, as a Michigan fan, just in theory here, to forfeit maybe postseason bursts next year and, you know, not being able to go to the Big Ten championship and college football playoff? the next year or two and retain Harbaugh or would you rather them get rid of Harbaugh and just kind of keep the program going, have next man step up into a head coaching role and still be able to maybe eligible for the postseason the next couple of years, if it came to that. I mean, if Harbaugh actually knew, used it, I mean, and, and, and everything, I don't think the university would want him back. I don't think I'd want him yeah. back, but um, I mean, the Chicago bears are looking for a head coach. I'm sure. Um, so I wouldn't mind that, but um, you know, because they're there, we can do whatever we want at that point. But I don't know. I just don't see. Uh, I mean, just I, I just don't see that that he him being much involved with this whole aspect of it all. Yeah. But we'll see. I guess we'll find out. Right. Yeah. Far from over. I think. 
Oh yeah, it's gonna this is gonna drag out forever from I mean the attorneys that are involved now and everything. I mean there's gonna be so much stuff that's drug up, I think. Yeah. They'll be on the sideline on the twenty fifth. I have no doubts. You think so? I would think. I mean Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Friday morning we'll find out, you know, he's he's been watching Judge Judy from his press conference there the other day, so he's ready. <laughs> Oh, 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 that's one. That's one thing I do like about him. I mean, some people hate it that he's like that, but I think the goofiness is is fun. I like it. Kind of how I feel. I mean, you know, if he did it, I mean, and he, you know, pay the price. Pay, pay the, but he, I don't think that he would keep him. I don't know if I'd want to keep him. Um, you know, if I knew that it was that involved with him being in it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Brady, you got anything to add on that? I don't think so. I don't okay. Think- All right. Well, let's get into the picks. Um, as I mentioned, Donnie last week was seventeen and three. Um, Brady, you were eleven and nine. Oh, I knew it was bad. I was I was afraid to go back and look. <laughs> I was 14 and 6, and Peyton was 16 and 4. Um, so that brings the totals to um, I have a 178 and 72 record, Brady 176 and 74, so two games behind. Uh, Peyton 170 and 80. And then with our listeners, Coach Jerome is in the lead of everybody 180 and 70. Um, Derek Baxa. 176 and 74 and Jason Miller 174 and 76 Donnie joined a few weeks later uh he did he doesn't have all 14 or 13 weeks in here but Donnie's overall record 118 and 76 um Donnie didn't start out real hot, but you you've been getting hot the last couple weeks. Yeah, I've, I've kind of figured it out. I mean, I started paying a little more attention to high school football. I think that helps out a little bit. Um, yeah, but I do want to mention. You know, you you mentioned how Coach Jerome is leading the pack there. Um, Mason came home today, pretty excited about a bet he made with Coach Jerome today. Um, but <laughs> I told Mason he needs he needs to fix this bet when he goes back to school. Um, so if Michigan is allowed to wear his sweatshirt that day. If Ohio State wins, Coach Jerome is going to bring Mason a jersey. I said, Mason, you need to make sure to let Coach Jerome know that I have a jersey here, a Michigan jersey at the house that would fit him. So he doesn't just need to let you wear your Michigan jersey. you got a jersey for him <laughs> to wear, too. So we'll fix that bet here before it's all said and done. All right, all right. Yeah, so... That's a good little Try to pull one over on the ten year old, you know. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like Ryan. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it, guys. Let's start with the NFL slate. The Thursday night game. Uh the five and four Bengals travel to Baltimore, take on the Ravens, who are seven and three. Peyton taking the Bengals in this one. Donnie, who do you like? Man, it's Bengals looked good last week, finally again, but can they keep it going? Um, on the road against the Ravens, I usually don't pick the Ravens, um, but uh, I think I will this week. All right. This is a really weird one for me because 
you guys know how I felt about the Bengals this year, and I think the Ravens are a very good team. I've been a big supporter. However, they have struggled to close out games that they've been leading in in the fourth quarter late in games. You look at their three losses. They lost uh, to Indianapolis by three in overtime. They lost at Pittsburgh in a game they had a lead, and then they lost last week, obviously, had a fourth quarter lead against the Browns. With this line being at just three and a half, I think this is another one of those games where the Ravens might be tied or leading going into the fourth quarter. But the Bengals always show up for these primetime games. And so I am actually going to take Burrow and the Bengals this week. Ooh, all right. Um, I think Baltimore bounces back after their collapse uh, on Sunday. So after they lost that, that game to the Browns. So I'm going to take Baltimore at home just to even it up here, guys, because I'm, I'm pretty torn on that one. So give me the Ravens. All right, moving on to Sunday. Both teams are 6-3. and three. The Steelers travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Uh, Peyton took the Browns in this one. All right, here. Um, I'm going to take um, – with Watson being out now, I'm definitely – I think I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think they're going to they're going to get the win. All right. Yeah, I think this is a coin flip game here. I think the Browns are good enough still with their defense and at home. This game's going to be low scoring. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to take the Browns and what might end up being kind of an upset. All right. I – boy, that's another tough one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Browns here. I'm going to take the Browns. I think they'll they'll do enough to get it done at home. So, I think they get to seven and three. Um, next game here. Sorry, I just got a text. Got a little distracted. Next game here, you've got the four and five Chargers traveling to Lambeau. Take on the Green Bay Packers who are three and six. Peyton taking the Bolts. Yeah, I'm going Bolts. I have no no cheese here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I do not think the Chargers have a very good defense. However, the Packers don't have a good offense, and the Chargers do have a good offense. I'll go with the better quarterback and the Chargers. Clean sweep. I'm going to take the Chargers as well, and it's funny that Donnie and Peyton both being Bears fans are not taking the Packers here. <laughs> funny, funny how that works. <laughs> All right. The struggling five and five Bills welcome in the four and five Jets. Uh, Peyton taking the Bills. You know, I struggled on this one for a minute. Like, it's all depends on what Jets quarterback shows up because he could be good and he could be horrible. But um, I think uh, I think the Bills are going to write the ship. All right, Bills' schedule gets really tough after this one, so this is a must win. I will take Buffalo. The Jets won this matchup the first time, so I'm going to take the Bills, the clean sweep. <laughs> All right, and then Sunday in the late uh, 425 slot, you've got the 6-3 and three Seahawks traveling to the 3-6 and six Rams. Peyton taking the Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks, I think. Uh, Rams, I don't know. They're, they're, they struggle all the time. I, I, they, they shouldn't, I don't think, either. Yeah, Seahawks are a good team. Matt Stafford not fully healthy. I'll take Seattle on the road. Clean sweep again. I'll take Seattle as well, although it sounds like Stafford might be giving it a go. So, I think so. 
wouldn't be shocked either way, but I'm, I'm going to lean Seattle on this one. Uh, Sunday night football, the four and five Broncos welcome in the six and four Minnesota Vikings. Peyton taking the Broncos. Uh-huh, I'm going to go Vikings. I, I I like Dobbs there at quarterback. He's, he's doing it. Yeah, Dobbs looks good, but I'm going to go Denver here. Sean Payton has those guys playing and has Russell Wilson looking pretty solid again. So I will take Denver. That's another pick of my think. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Broncos on this one. Let's ride. All right, then Monday Night Football, a game that I think everybody's looking forward to. The Eagles, who are 8-1, and one, travel to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs, who are 7-2, and two, rematch the Super Bowl. Peyton taking the Chiefs because he's a Swifty, so. No. <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm going to roll that direction, too. I struggled on this one. I mean, Eagles defense is legit, but I, there's just something about the, the Chiefs at home on, on primetime. Yeah, it will be really tough for Philadelphia, but I'm going to take the Eagles in an upset. I just think they're a better football team overall. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't think the Bengals have really put together a complete game, and here they are, 8-1. and one, So I do think they're probably the better team. However, um, man, I, I think I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. And then wouldn't be shocked if this is a Super Bowl matchup again this year, guys. Be pretty and, right. And I think the Eagles would, would take that one, but I think they still struggle, so give me the Chiefs on Monday night. Um, that does it for the NFL slate, unless you guys got anything to add. I don't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a big one this week to figure out my fandom. Um Cardinals and the Cardinals and the Texans squaring off. I think uh, since I've been back and forth a little bit this year, whoever wins this game is who I'm riding with. And honestly, like what an entertaining game that will be to watch. Like who would have thought coming will into be. this season that the Texans and Cardinals would have been a fun game to watch? But with Kyler back and with Stroud balling the way he is, like that could be a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be tuned in for sure because I got to see what's going on here. So, all right. Let's move on to the college slate. Um, we'll start with Friday night. A couple teams that are four and six. Washington State welcomes in the Colorado Buffaloes and Coach Prime. Um, Peyton taking Washington State. Um, I'm going that direction too. I just don't know if – I think Coach Prime might have lost them a little bit. But uh, hopefully he can roll back. Washington State for me. Colorado's not good. Clean sweep. Uh, next game will move to Saturday. It's 7-3. Coastal Carolina taking on Army, who is and 4-6. Peyton taking the Chanticleers. I'm going to go Army. Just, I don't know, um, uh, something about... Army, the way they played Air Force, I think. Right. Yeah, hard to say. You know, Army's one of those teams always tough to play against. I'm going to go Coastal Carolina. I was pretty high on them coming into the year, and so I think they'll find a way. Yeah, I'm taking Coastal as well. Um, Next game, number 22, Utah, 7-3, traveling to Arizona. 
take on the Wildcats. Number 17, who are also 7-3. Peyton is taking the Utes. Yeah, I'm going to go Utes too, I think. Toughest game on the slate for me. Um, I figured all you guys would take Utah, so I'm going to go Arizona at home. All right. You guessed it right because I'm taking Utah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Seven and three, Tennessee. Number 18 welcomes in number one, Georgia, who's 10 and 0. Peyton taking the Bulldogs. I think I'm going to go with Georgia as well. I think it's going to be a, a showdown with Bama again. It's going to kind of decide what's going to happen there in that college football playoff at the end. Yeah, best team in college football until proven otherwise. I'll take Georgia. Georgia for me as well. Clean sweep there. All right, number 20, North Carolina, 8-2. and two, Traveling to Clemson, who is 6-4. Peyton taking Clemson in this one. I am too. Clemson at home. All right. I, I just don't think Carolina's I don't I don't think they're built for it yet. Yeah. Uh it's kind of crazy that Clemson's just six and four, still favored by uh over a touchdown in this game, but uh I think I'm gonna take the Tigers. All right. I'll be the only one. I'll take the Tar Heels. I'll take the Tar Heels and I have no rhyme or reason, just taking them. Better quarterback. Oh, well, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> forgot, forgot about that guy. Yeah. All right, number 21, Kansas State, taking on number 25, Kansas. Both teams are 7-3. and three. Peyton taking Kansas State. Rock, Dog, Jayhawk. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kansas State will be able to come up with enough stops and Kansas' defense not great, so I will take the Wildcats. I'll take the Wildcats as well. No rhyme or reason again, just just Wildcats. All right, number five, Washington 10-0, traveling to Oregon State, take on the Beavers, who are 8-2 and two and number 11. Peyton taking the Huskies to remain undefeated. Yeah, same here. I just think uh, too much offense. Um, this is the week, guys, at home. Oregon State's going to take them down. I think Washington's played in too many of these close games, and their defense just isn't solid enough to run the table for the whole season. I think this is the week. Oregon State at home at night. Man, I thought I was going to be the only one to take Oregon State. <laughs> I'll take Oregon State as well. I think they get the job done. I think we're going to see some shakeup here in the Pac-12. So, Oregon State for me. All right, let's get into the high school slate. Um, let me pull these up here real quick. Let's start in Division Three, Region 10. Um, we've got number three. Tiffin Columbian in that region, um, taking on Toledo Central Catholic, who's number one. This game is at Clyde. Uh, Peyton taking TCC in the Irish. You know, it was hard to not take TCC, but I'm going to go with uh, Tiffin Columbian just because uh, 
a little shout out for my neighbor across the street. He's a he's a grad from there, so there you oh, go. All right. There you go. That'd be, a, that'd be a big upset if they can get it done, the tornadoes. But I'm gonna go Toledo Central Catholic. Their body of work is really impressive. Yeah, give me the Irish as well. <clears throat> All right. Staying in division three, but we'll go to region twelve. Uh number six, Salina taking on number one Baden. This game at Shrotwood. Uh Peyton taking Hamilton Baden. I believe I'm going to go that direction too, but uh, Salina impressed me last week winning. Honestly, I didn't think that would happen. Yeah, for sure. I took Walpock to beat Baden last week, and Baden put a nice game together, so I think they'll be able to do it again. Uh, give me Hamilton Baden. All right, boys. I'll be the only one. I'm taking the Bulldogs to get to the state semifinals and win the region. Give me Salina and the upset. All right, we'll move on to Division 4, Region 14. Number two, Glenville. Number one, Perkins. Peyton taking the Tar Blooders. I'm going that direction, too. I mean, they're, they're tough. Yeah, I, Glenville for me. Clean sweep, taking Glenville. All right. Division 5, Region 18. Number six, Coldwater. Number one, Liberty Center. Uh, this game is at Lima Spartan Stadium. Uh, Peyton taking cold water in this one. This was the only one that I had still not decided on, and it's really, really hard to choose against cold water. But Liberty Center, just still, I, I don't know, man. Um, I'll, I'll go Liberty Center. Yeah, I really want to take cold water. I just can't. I'm taking Liberty Center. All right. I took Liberty Center to win the uh, region at the beginning of the playoffs here. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm taking the Tigers as well to get the job done and win Region 18. Division 6, Region 22, number one, Grove, and number two, Bluffton, Peyton is taking the Bluffton Pirates. I'm going to go with Grove. Grove got him the first time around, but this game's not at Climber, so I'm taking Bluffton. <laughs> <laughs> this game is not at Climber. It's at Finley, Donnell Stadium. But sticking to my guns again, I took Grove to win this region, so I'm taking Grove to get it done again. Friday night, repeat of what happened week 10. Give me the Grove Bulldogs. All right, and then we'll go Division 7, Region 26. Number 6, Macomb. Number 5, Patrick Henry. This game in Napoleon, this will be our game of the week. Uh, I will be at this one. So Peyton is taking the Patrick Henry Patriots. Ooh. I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with Patrick Henry, too. Ooh, all right. So I was so impressed with what Macomb did last week. And I don't know if you guys heard about this game, but Macomb didn't throw a pass. And they beat <laughs> yeah. LPC 45 to 13. I'm taking Macomb. Again, Brady, I'm, 
What? No, all the runs, no pass. No passings. I, I, yeah, I hope I we do that to Maryland this weekend as a Michigan fan, <laughs> to be honest with you. You probably could, honestly. It's I know, be- right? Man. What's that, Brady? I said it's yeah. got to be humiliating for the other team. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Well, man, we might get it in about 10 I days. I know. <laughs> Brady, I'm glad you jumped on the train with me. Because it was a long I overdue, picked- wasn't it? Yep, I picked Macomb to win this region, so I'm sticking with them. I'm going to take the Panthers on Friday night to get the job done. Coach Algie and the boys should be a dandy of a matchup. I can't wait to go watch this one. Mm-hmm. All right. That'll be a good one. You guys got anything else to add? I don't think so. It's hard to believe we're already this far along, you know, week 14 of high school football. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, This this feels like yesterday. We were just kicking off the season. I know it. So, Donnie, you got anything to add? No, not not to add. Just like to give a shout out to my uh, my my fourth grade Wayne Trace basketball team. Uh, They've been working hard this season, and I told told Mason I'd give them a shout out tonight for them. So. Yeah, I'll give I'll give you guys a shout out. You and Mason started a podcast. How's that going? It's going all right. Um, we're we're a little slacking um, with basketball starting up. We've kind of uh, not been as active with it, but uh, I told him maybe here uh, later this week we'll get another one in. There you go. There you go. You got to start somewhere. So exactly, he enjoys it. It's fun. Yeah. Give him a, a little bit of uh, opportunity to do some research on his own and do some digging. That was the main goal of it. So yeah, yeah. Brady, you got any shout-outs this evening? Uh, I I don't think so, man. I've been slacking on the shout-outs. Um, <laughs> I will shout-out I, I will shout out all the area, you know, the high school basketball teams. I know we're both looking forward to digging into some more of that here in the next few weeks because it's really sneaking up on us. But I've heard a lot of good things about teams starting practice and scrimmages. So um, we know how much success and how much fun last winter was for on both – the boys and girls fronts here in Paulding County. So, you know, going to be tough to top that, but I, I think there's a lot of returning talent in the area that uh, they'll be able to make a good run at it. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I totally agree. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm definitely excited to see what Wayne Trace does this year. Uh, my shout out is going to be to Donnie for listening. He's been kind of a day one of ours. So Donnie, thanks a lot. And uh, I know. Appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, and I appreciate your participation and coming on with us and everything you do for the youth sports in the area. So help out with baseball right. and basketball. That's cool. We, we love that. Sure. So. Right on. So. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Yep. Have a good right. one. We, yep. yep. Catch we'll up. see you guys. Go blue. Oh, geez. I had to get that in. <laughs> oh, of course I did. We can edit that. Later, fellas. <laughs> All right. You have listened to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out, players.